The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Oh, baby, I am fired up this week. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Ed's Props Spec. For wild card weekend of the NFL. We're here every single Friday during the NFL season at 2 p.m. Eastern time, right here on our very popular YouTube channel. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It is absolutely free and turn on those notifications because in your feed right now, we've got our week, our wild card week mega preview recorded on Tuesday. Also, MMA show in your feed right now. UFC is back on Saturday night. All right. Let's bring in the stars of the show. And you know the names, you know the faces. First and foremost, live from Parts Unknown. Alex, you look like a million dollars today. How are you, sir? What is good, coach? I feel like a million dollars today as well. Dave, great to see you. I am so excited. It is wild card weekend. I cannot believe we're here. We've got some incredible matchups. I could not be more pumped for this. And we're going to have picks from every single game, all six of them. I love adding that seventh team the last couple of years. I love it. Now, I'm trying to look really close to see how Uncle Dave is dressed today. Dave, uh, did you have to, did you lose a bet or what, what happened? Good afternoon, coach. Hello, <laughs> Alex. Alex, I'm glad you feel like a million bucks. I feel like, I don't know, negative a hundred bucks. Plus I got this button buttoned because of the showdown that I lost. Look, last week was the worst week of the year for me in terms of player props, because I didn't win a single one that I said on the show and I lost four of them in horrifying fashion. Okay. <laughs> Daryl Williams was on his way. I was on my way to winning that bet with you. And he got hurt, didn't play the second half. That sings. Oh, he's ready to play this week, by the way. Deontay Foreman finished a half yard short, and he was over his rushing yards prop until his last carry went backwards three yards. Roethlisberger needed overtime to go over his yards, but he got there and he did well. So I'm belly aching. I shouldn't do it, but I was refocused this week. I found props that I absolutely love, and I'm planning on doing a full reversal, man. Let's go 5-0 and this week. All right. Well, you are a man of your word. And I have good news and I've got bad news for you. Why don't we go with the good news first? Can we do that? Can mm-hmm. we do that? All right. So the good news is that the show that you're on every single day, fantasy football today, you guys are up for a very, very prestigious award. The best social media award. Now the early edge is going to win next year, but we were too young of a show. So this year it's about you guys. And I want everybody. The link is in the comment section. Go there. It'll wow. take you 10 seconds. Vote for Dave and the incredible crew over there. Dave, is there anything you'd like to say to the people about your show, which undoubtedly should win? We uh, we've got a great social media team led by Shraggy B, who's also our producer of the podcast. The podcast is great for fantasy advice. Uh, I know that people have been listening for a long time. They've won a lot of fantasy championships because of our help. We do our best. We love to help people win in their fantasy leagues, just like we love to help people win money with their player props. That's what we're all about here. There's no other incentive for us. We get paid the same either way, but we do it because we love to help people win. And so if you've been a part of that and you've seen it, please vote. If you just like this show, 
please vote for our other show and then maybe check out the fantasy football today podcast. We do it, it all year long. We don't take a break just because the fantasy season is over. We've already done our first mock draft for 2022. We're insane. Holy cow. So please Holy vote for cow. us. And if you love fantasy football as much as we do, join us on our podcast, please. That's a great, great, great sales pitch. And by the way, I'm going to do you one even further than that. If fantasy football today wins, then we on our show are going to give out several early edge hoodies, not t-shirts, hoodies straight off the presses, but they've got to win in order for us to give away those several. When I say several could be five, could be 10. I don't know. Whatever I decide now, Dave, I told you that we had good news. Yeah. And that we had bad news. Correct. Uh So the good news is you're up for an award. The bad news is the one thing you never want when you lose a showdown bet is for said showdown winner to just show up. So, jeweler, if you don't mind. <laughs> what is up, everybody? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It looks <laughs> glorious. See ya. The floor is yours, sir. The so, floor is yours. Thank you, coach. I, I was so busy today. I had so much going on. And then I was told <laughs> Uncle Dave was going to be wearing Sia's <laughs> top button. And I'm like, stop everything. Cancel everything. I need to run to the studio and get on to this show that I already love so much. David, you look amazing. This is the best loss of all time. <laughs> Thank you, Sia. Stone cold, Sia. I don't know why I did the Macho Man voice for that, but there I went. Yeah, that wasn't Stone Cold. That was more no, that Macho was, Man. That was Randy. That was more Randy Savage than That's Stone straight. Cold. Although, oh, like, I goodness. started to go like the way that Vince would say Stone Cold when he would talk to the crowd. You know, that wow. twenty-minute promo that kicked off every Raw in nineteen ninety-seven <laughs> through two thousand. Well, through now, actually. Oh, you mean the one that we were too scared to tell him was too long every time in the week? Well, you can't. You're probably scared to tell him anything, but I, I completely get it. Given the guy that you're talking to, uh, I'm not scared to dress like Sia. In fact, if Sia says I look good, that must mean that I look good. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're here to see it, and uh, let's uh, let's hope this never happens again because this is a little uncomfortable for me and my big fat neck. Hey, but people are loving it. Chris in the chat said, "Holy." Coach, we got 24 plus hours till game time, and I'm about to run through a brick wall. Welcome to Sia. They love, they love. Now, I still have PTSD from that music because every time that music hit, usually mean I was getting my ass handed to me, but I survived and I'm here to talk about it today. So let's get into the games. We got, no, 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 six big games to talk about today. And for those of you who are brand new that just found the show, First of all, what the hell took you so long? Second of all, if you have a prop that you like in a game that you like, go ahead and throw it into the chat for me. Leave the juice on there because my guys need to know the juice. That matters. We'll try to get to as many as we possibly can. If you could do it for the games that we're in, that would also make the show flow a little bit better. So, guys, if you're not too scared to jump in, I'd like to get started. So, first game of the weekend, Saturday. There are two games. Raiders, Bengals. Bengals laying five and a half. The total sitting at 48 and a half. We don't care about that. We care about props on this show. So, Alex, nobody eats, breathes, and sleeps props more than you. So, I'm going to give you the chance to go first. What do you like in this game? Yeah, I appreciate that, Coach. I also want to make an announcement prior to giving these props out. I'm going to suggest and recommend to everybody to make these half unit bets. I'm suggesting to everybody to scale down a little bit this week. In my opinion, uh, now that we've reached the playoffs, the lines have become quite a bit more efficient, uh, sharper, more scrutiny, less, you know, kind of surface coverage. So just as a result, I do feel like a lot of these lines are highly efficient. So when it comes to my bets, personally, I'm going to advise everybody just to scale down a little bit, make these half unit bets. My first one is going to be Jamar Chase under five and a half receptions. Uh, Chase has been held under this number in six of his last eight games. 
The two games he did go over were against Kansas City and Baltimore. We know Baltimore secondary was absolutely ravaged by injuries. Um, Chase also has the deepest ADOT of any of the Bengals wide receivers. And that just typically is not conducive to a lot of volume. I've talked a lot about this in previous episodes. The Raiders are also very good at limiting deep passes, which is where Chase gets a lot of his mm-hmm. receptions. They've allowed the third fewest 15 plus yard completions on the season. The Raiders are also one of the biggest run funnels in the league. Opponents are averaging a minus 3% pass rate over expected and are shifting for percent to the run only the chargers and the panthers have been more significant run funnels this season i do anticipate uh cincinnati running the ball quite a bit this week and they're also um the Raiders are just pretty solid against the pass and pretty much all of the metrics that I look at, especially defending the deep pass, which is why I think six receptions is a huge ask for Jamar Chase and why I suggest fading him. So Jamar Chase under five and a half receptions is my first play. My second play from this game is Josh Jacobs under three and a half receptions. Uh, yeah, Jacobs was getting a lot of work in the passing game kind of midway through the season, but that has mostly dried up in recent weeks. I'll talk about why I think that is. Uh, there was a stretch where he and Peyton Barber were the only two healthy backs on the Raiders after Kenyon Drake went down. Jalen Richard was also hurt. Also, Dalen, Darren Waller was also on injured reserve at the time, and the Raiders were just simply forced to utilize Jacobs a lot more out of the backfield than, than they normally do. However, over the last month of the season, now the Raiders have gotten healthier. We've also seen his role in the passing game kind of dry up. Over the last month, he hasn't eclipsed four targets in a single game. He only has one four reception game as well. On the season, he's been held under this in seven of 15 games overall. Uh, Jalen Richard, I also mentioned he's back. He's getting a lot of third down work, a lot of hurry up work, obvious passing downs. Also, I love the fact that the Raiders pass catchers are getting healthy. We see Darren Waller back in the lineup. Hunter Renfro, obviously, the emergence of Sia's guy, Zay Jones. There's just not as many as targets up for grabs in this Raiders offense. Furthermore, the Bengals were giving up a lot of production to opposing running backs through the air early in the season. I'm sure everyone remembers that game versus the Jets where Mike White threw the ball to Michael Carter for like nine receptions. However, they've really improved since then. Over the last seven games, they've only allowed two running backs to catch four receptions in a game versus them. One of them was Austin Eckler, who does that against pretty much everyone. The other one was Javante Williams. Bottom line, I just think the Raiders just are not utilizing Jacob nearly as much as they were midway through the season, especially with Jalen Richard back, especially with all the wide receivers and tight ends getting healthy. I think this is a very good spot to fade Jacobs, who's likely to be primarily used as a running back this week. So under three and a half receptions for Josh Jacobs. So many great nuggets for those two plays. We may need to go a little quicker, just a little quicker, but I love those two plays. Now, the reason I was laughing is so many people in the chat had so many funny things to say. Apparently you're opposite the maestro on a play. And I've got to look that up because if there is that, you know what I'm smelling. If you're opposite of maestro. I want all the smoke, coach. Give me all the smoke. you out right now. <laughs> right good. now, maestro. Uh, oh, if maestro, if you're available, <laughs> come on in. The water's warm. All right. We got one more play from this game. Uncle Dave, I'm coming to you. What do you got? I've got Josh Jacobs under 16 and a half rush attempts at minus 120. And I want to play the correlation game here to help you get an idea of where I'm coming from for this player prop. He's had three games all year with 17 plus carries. All of them are Raiders wins, one of them on the road, which means obviously that he has zero games this year with 17 plus carries when the Raiders have won uh, or when they, uh, Yeah, when the Raiders have lost, I should say, no games with 17-plus carries. In fact, he has 13 or fewer carries in all but one of the Las Vegas Raiders losses this year. And, if you'll indulge me, he has under 17 carries in 17 of 22 career games where the Raiders have lost. And maybe now's a good time to mention the Raiders are five-and-a-half-point underdogs, and they've scored 19 or fewer points in seven of their last 10 games. The last two games, they have gone over 20 points. They were against the Colts underwhelmed on defense. They're out of the playoffs. The Chargers, everybody saw what happened in that game. They're also out of the playoffs. So here's the correlation. If you think the Raiders are going to win, don't bet this. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Instead, go get the money line at plus 190. If you think the Raiders are going to lose, bet this, because it's kind of sort of like betting the Bengals on the money line, except the money line 
is minus 230. This bet is minus 120. And if I may, the cherry on top, the Bengals have seen just four running backs all year get 17 or more carries against them. And that includes Dearness goes to Camp Johnson last <laughs> week in a garbage time game with the Bengals resting a bunch of starters had over 17 carries against them. All right. A couple of things happened during that incredible dissertation from Uncle Dave. First and foremost, the Jake incredible. The Jacobs prop went from minus 114 to minus 154 as Alex was giving it out. The other thing that happened is I got a little bit of a text from the bosses who reached out to the maestro because apparently you can't call him directly. And he says, if Alex wants the smoke, Alex can have the smoke. So Alex, the question to you is, are you in or are you out? And the number is three and a half catches for Josh Jacobs. That is the better. You in or are you out? I've got three words for you, coach. Hit my music. It's going to be a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's smoky up in here. It's smoky Ooh. up in here. All right. Officially on the books. Maestro is on Josh Jacobs over three and a half catches. And Alex is on Josh Jacobs under three and a half catches. I love it. Quickly. See, ya, I got to come to you. Because everybody in the chat wants to know, Joe Mixon, over 19 and a half rushing attempts for Cincinnati. Talk to me. So Joe Mixon really crushed these guys last time they played. The the, the Vegas Raiders and Cincinnati Bengals played, uh, I think it was around seven or eight games ago. And Mixon had a great game. And and I think it will be a focal point for the Raiders to to try to limit Mixon, which to me opens things up a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more for the passing game. So I think 19 and a half is kind of high. I think Samaje Piran might get some run in this game. To me, it's either a stay away or it's the under. I, mean, I could absolutely see 17 or 18, but 19 and a half seems a little high to me. All right. So it's all going to depend on what they require out of Joe Burrow. So I also know you have a Burrow prop that you like in this game. What is that? I do. And when I say it, I think it's going to sound like it's a little bit contrarian to what uh, Alex was saying, but it really isn't. I- I'm really playing the number here as opposed to the narrative. So 262 and a half passing yards for Joe Burrow. I like the over there. And again, it's because I think the number is just a little low. Last time these guys played, Joe Burrow didn't have a good game. It was all defense. It was all mixed in. They won 32 to 13, only 148 passing yards for Joe Burrow and 29 attempts. Since that time, though, he's really been passing the ball quite a bit. And he's eclipsed 300, 400, even 500 yards over the last four to six weeks. So Joe Burrow, the Vegas pass defense, it's it's decent. It's solid. But I think they're going to be a little overwhelmed with this receiver core. Plus, you add Joe Mixon, C.J. Uzama. Uh, The implied total for the Bengals is 27. I expect a lot of that to go through the air. But to Alex's point, I don't necessarily expect a lot of that to go to Jamar Chase. In fact, the Raiders are likely to play a lot of zone. It's going to be a lot of underneath stuff to Tyler Boyd, to T. Higgins, to C.J. Uzama, to Joe Mixon, and to Jamar Chase. So I think he's going to eventually eclipse that yard, but it's not that yardage total, but it's not necessarily with the long ball. All right. Great analysis from all three of you. I want to do rapid fire here really quick. And I mean rapid fire. Alex Waller, 70 plus receiving yards at plus 154. Uh, just not fully healthy. Yet. It's hard for me to back him. I, I think it's a stay away personally. Dave Hunter Renfro, 55 and a half receiving yards, minus 110. I'm going to say the under on that one is where I would lean, just knowing that Waller being back will start to limit those targets that go to Renfro on top of everybody else. Zay Jones stepping up, especially over the last few weeks. Oh, you said the magic name. I'm coming to you. See a Zay Jones, 44 and a half minus 115. It's a really good number. If I had to take it, I would lean the over ever so slightly. All right. That is what rapid fire is. Thank you, boys. Now let's move on to game number two on Saturday. We're talking Patriots. We're talking bills. We're talking the AFC East. The last time they played in this stadium, the Patriots threw all of three passes (laughs) and everybody who bet overs in that game were like, what are they doing? Well, that what they were doing winning the football game. So what's the approach going to be this week, guys, the bills are favored by four and a half. The total is sitting on 44 and this game is on. CBS. All right. So it looks like what I'm looking at is we only have one of you that has a play in this game. And I'm coming to the man that in the chat, they said, looks like uncle Dave's son 
who is home <laughs> from college for the weekend. And that's Alex. <laughs> I've got two plays from this game as well. I'll gladly take that as well. I am Uncle Dave's uh, nephew, however, not his My son. My kind, sweet, degenerate nephew. Oh, I love correct. the chat. I love the that chat so correct. much. Alex, the floor is yours. Thank you, sir. I got Kendrick Bourne under three and a half receptions. I know this one is juicy, but we are looking at Arctic temperatures in Buffalo. It's going to be a really tough environment to throw the football, especially for an offense that really doesn't possess a lot of talent led by a rookie quarterback that's largely been anemic to begin with. Uh, the Patriots have been run heavy all season. They have a minus 5% pass rate over expected. Only the 49ers and Titans are more tilted to the run. While it's possible they could lean a little more to the pass, it's more likely to lean on Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson this week. Bourne's also seen his targets come down in recent weeks, having only eclipsed four targets one time over the last five games. He only had one four-catch performance as well. That was against Jacksonville, who I'm pretty sure Dave could catch a couple passes against. Uh, he's been held under nine to seven games this nine to 17 games this season. Bills ranked first in EPA allowed per drop back, first in coverage grade. Um, the Patriots, they've laid out the blueprint of being the Bills run heavy ball control approach. Um, I think they're going to try to do that again this season. They're going to protect or this game. They're going to protect Mac Jones. Um, yeah, just these are not conditions favorable whatsoever to passing the football. I think this is a good spot to fade Kendrick Bourne, even though it is juicy. I recommend taking this spot. Uh, the last and final play that I have from this game, I had to sneak one over in for coach, and that Thank is you. Josh Allen over seven and a half <laughs> rushing attempts. Sorry, my cats are getting excited. Over his last five <laughs> games, he's had at least 63 yards in four or five of those games. He had double-digit carries in three or five of those games compared to the first 10 games of the season when he had just one double-digit carry game. I went back and watched the last time these two teams played back in Week 16. He had 16 rushing attempts in that game for 64 yards. I think we saw earlier in the season he really struggled when defenses were suddenly playing two high safeties, kind of preventing Josh Allen from making a lot of those big splash plays down the field. He had a lot of trouble kind of adjusting. I think he's going to have to rely on his legs a lot more in this game. Uh, also, I don't put a ton of stock into this, but his previous playoff performances, he runs the ball a lot, which I do think has some merit in these kind of big spots. He's not afraid to rely on his legs. A really interesting thing that I read right before I came on air was an article about how the Bills have been deploying a sixth offensive lineman quite a bit over the last month of the season, including a season high 15 times versus the Jets on Sunday, which is interesting because they're really making a concerted effort to establish the run. I think they're going to really do that against New England as well. Uh, his rushing production has just seen an uptick. He's averaged 9.6 rushes since week 14 compared to 6.25 from week one to week 13. I do believe the Bills are going to establish the run against New England as well because that's the more they're more beatable on the ground than through the air. So I really like Josh Allen over seven and a half rushing attempts. All right. So over that game, Kendrick Bourne under three and a half catches and Josh Allen over seven and a half rush attempts. Let me come to you. See ya. Mac Jones. His attempts is over 30 and a half. And then Dave, I have one for you too. But last time I mentioned only three attempts, it's going to be very, very cold this weekend. Your thoughts. Yeah, certainly the, the last game doesn't really factor in, but I, 30 and a half, I think, is is a little much here. I, the game plan for New England should be to just keep the ball, keep the clock rolling, and just hammer the Bills with Ramondre Stevenson. Um, obviously, who, who, am I, who am I leaving out? Damian, oh, Damian Harris. Harris. Damian and Harris. Uh, may, maybe even a little bit of Brandon Bolden there, too. So I don't really love the 30 and a half. I would take the under there. Okay, very good. Uh, Dave, let me come to you. Cole Beasley, he made a, an appearance last week catching a couple of balls. Uh, his yardage total is 33 and a half for the Bills. Seems low, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong to take the over on it. I'm going to stay away from it because what I do know about how the Patriots uh, play against Josh Allen, I would expect them uh, to play quite a bit of coverage that's better for Gabriel Davis to go off, better for Stefan Diggs to go off, meaning they're going to go to the outside a little bit more often. I think it hurts a little bit for Cole Beasley. I don't have a problem if you take it. I don't have a strong lean either way, but I would I would also prefer, I would actually prefer to take whatever you're going to put on Beasley and put it on Gabriel Davis. The last I saw, 27 and a half receiving yards. That's lower than Cole Beasley, and the dudes had at least 30 receiving yards in six straight games. It's like you're reading my mind, Dave. It's 29 and a half. That was going to be my next question. 
was Gabe Davis. For Gabriel Davis, and a half. get yep. it before it gets to 30 and a half or 31 and a half. All right. Very good. He's been great. Uh, I've got a bunch of stats on it. I'll, I'll save it. If anybody wants to know, shoot me a note on Twitter. I'll give you my stats on Gabe Davis. I love it. I love it. Alex Singletary over 13 and a half receiving yards minus 110. Uh, I, I find running back reception props, especially ones like this, it would be kind of really subject to a lot of volatility. Uh, I'd stay away from it. Okay. Very, very good. I'm looking to see if we have anything left on that game. I think we covered it all. Very, very good. Now, I mentioned that second game, 815 Eastern on Saturday night. That is a CBS game. And here at CBS, well, we control the wild card weekend. Take a look. Take a look. Or don't take a look. All right. Hey, maybe maybe we come back after the next game and take a Got look. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll try it after the next that, game. Uh, right. That may or may not be on the jeweler. <laughs> <laughs> I know jeweler. it's not on me. Yeah. All right. That's okay. The jeweler does so many things at the same time. It's not easy. All right. Let's move on to Sunday now. Little glitch. That's all it was. Eagles, Buccaneers. The line is eight and a half bucks. Total is sitting on 46. And I'm looking at it right now. All eyes are going to be on the GOAT, Tom Brady, as is Dave's. What do you got? So Alex mentioned at the very top of the show that the the odds makers are getting pretty sharp. They know that there's going to be a lot more attention on player props. And I think this is one of those lines where they're trying to get you to take the over. And the prop that I'm talking about is Tom Brady, 27, 274 and a half passing yards. I like the under. And I think they're trying to get you to take the over because Brady has at least 300 yards passing each of his last two games. He had 297 yards against Philadelphia. I think this is a sucker bet. I think you've got to take the under. We're going to get a little bit of help from the man upstairs. The forecast is terrible. 90% chance of rain winds to 20, 30 miles an hour. Tom Brady's the goat, but even he's going to have a hard time throwing in those types of conditions. There's no Godwin. There's no Antonio Brown, not even Cyril Grayson there to stretch the defense of Philadelphia Fournette's back for Tampa Bay. He could help them have a more balanced approach on offense, but there's only five quarterbacks this year. Brady's one of them with 275 plus yards against Philly. That includes Dak Prescott last week in a meaningless game where the Eagles starters did not play much, if at all, on defense. So really that number is four. If you throw that game out, it's only 25% of the quarterbacks that Philadelphia's played that have hit that number. I would wait on this one until you see the weather reports, especially since the odds makers are trying to get you to take the over. If it comes to pass on Sunday morning at about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, you see some videos on Twitter about rain coming down, winds blowing at the pirate ship. That's when you know to hammer that under. Hopefully the line doesn't fall too far down because I still think Brady can get you 250, 260 yards passing, but I wouldn't expect this to be a game where he goes off for 300 plus get in and get out. See ya. Talk to me. Uh, so I love this one and it was one I was going to give out. And I do, I, I like what Dave said at the end there. And I think people need to pay attention to this. So this line yesterday was 281 and a half. And I think the sports books got wise to what Dave was saying that it's dropped since to 274 and a half almost everywhere. And I think to Dave's point, if we hear perhaps like it's going to be windy, it's going to be potentially rainy, but the rain actually may clear up right around kickoff. If that happens, you could see an environment where people are like, all right, well, the, the rain is out of the equation. So maybe let me put a little bit on the over here uh, on Tom Brady. And then all of a sudden it goes to 276 and a half, for example. And so right. I like the under either way, even at Dave's number. But I think to Dave's point, it's possible it clicks up just a yard or two and you get something closer to what it was yesterday. And I think one other thing that will also help is the fact that the Eagles love to run the football and that's going to shorten the game. We know that it's going to shorten the game and take potential completions and attempts away from Tom Brady because they're just going to run, run, run. And the Bucks can be run on, too. By the way, one little bonus play from our mega preview. If you want to take the Eagles in this game, tease them up to 14 and a half. That's a great, great bet this weekend. Getting 14 and a half in a teaser. I'm here for it. Alex, I'm going to come to you. Gronk, we all saw the video. We all saw the video of him walking up to Tom Brady, thanking him for getting him to seven catches and that million dollar bonus. But this week, his number is five and a half. And it's a completely different scenario. Talk to me. Yeah, this is a really interesting prop. I've been looking at it quite a bit. It's difficult because it kind of depends on, in my opinion, whether or not the Eagles kind of commit 
the necessary attention to slowing him down. If they're going to like kind of pay extra attention, potentially have a safety covering or even maybe Darius Slay covering him, then I don't like it. And, and, and they can kind of do that as a result or a function of kind of Tampa Bay's receivers being so banged up. So Gronk greatly benefits from all of the attention that you have, like a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown commanding, because you can't double team him or you can't stick a corner on him when he's kind of the focal point of the defensive game plan. I don't like him nearly as much, even though there might be an uptick in volume. I do think that kind of the increase in defensive attention is going to mitigate that increased volume. So I actually do not like Gronk that much, despite the Eagles really suffer struggling defending tight ends. It is a great matchup on paper. If the Eagles decide to sell out, commit extra attention to stopping him, which I think they would be, uh, it would benefit them greatly to do that. I don't like it. So I'm kind of up in the air about it. And that is why uh, not being inside of the Eagles, you know, sort of locker room and knowing how they're going to their, what the game plan is going to be. I'm staying away from it. I would encourage people based off of what Alex just said to tune in to every single live stream because we're going to be on for an hour before every single game this weekend. So we'll be able to update the weather as Sia said, we'll be able to update exactly what's going on in the game. And Alex will have a better chance to really pinpoint the props he likes. Correct, Alex? Yes. That is that is very correct. I will be appearing on every single game preview uh, leading up. We're doing six. I am so excited. An hour before each kickoff, I will be on every single one. I will have a prop or two for each one as well. And yeah, I will be studying all of these games very, very closely. Oh, so you say you're going to have a proportunity for every single game. See, I, I listen to you. I listen to you. Uh, by the way, Dan in the chat just said, hey, I'm just tuning in. Please do not tell me I missed the Pat Fryermuth prop. <laughs> that is very, very funny. <laughs> no, you haven't missed the Pat Fryermuth prop <laughs> this week. That's very, very funny. Uh, all right. We've got other ones to get to. Dave, let me come back to you. Jalen Hurts, 49 and a half rush yards for the Eagles. I thought about taking that one. Uh, I, I think that this is just part of the MO of the Philadelphia Eagles is running the football a lot. I know that Miles Sanders is expected to play. I think that the Eagles will try and run as much as they can. You mentioned that, Coach. I, I, I could see Jalen Hurts getting a couple of 15-yard runs, something like that, to put this one into orbit. I like the over. Very, very good. All right. I was just reading a text that was sent to me that I may or may not read on the air. It's very, you know, you know, it sometimes ruins my flow, but sometimes it's good. I'm thinking about this one. All right. In the meantime, see you. Let me come to you because we talked a lot about this guy on our mega preview and he has been kind of the security blanket for Tom Brady. I'm talking about Leonard Fournette, his number on catches a robust five and a half, but the juice is only minus one ten. Talk to me. Wow. See, this goes back to what Alex was saying at the front end. I mean, this is a very efficient number. Fournette's coming back off IR. He is definitely going to be a focal point. And that really plays well to what Dave was saying about Tom Brady's passing number, right? I think this is going to be the Leonard Fournette show more than anything. He's going to be a DFS mainstay. Five and a half is a pretty big number, though. So, you know, I think... I think the only way I'd consider that is if Gio is also out. And my understanding is that Gio is going to be playing in this game. And I think because Ronald Jones is out and that because they don't necessarily want to lean on Keyshawn Vaughn or Le'Veon Bell, I think some of that passing work may go to Gio five and a half. It's just a little too high for me. So it's a stay away from me. Okay. Very good. Stay away there. By the way, Maiden Focus says that Sunday is going to be a proppy palooza. Oh, very, very, very creative proppy palooza. I like Nicely that. Done. Coach, uh, I just want to add a little something, if you don't yes, mind. Sir. I don't mean to break your flow. Fournette is considered <laughs> the most questionable to play, according to Bruce Arians, among all the Bucks oh. players this week. So that's okay. something that we've got to keep an eye on. If he does play, is he going to be limited? Do they limit how much he's on the field? Does that possibly impact the prop I gave on Tom Brady in the passing yardage? I was hoping for Fournette to play and be in his regular role. We don't know that for sure. Another reason to wait to take that Tom Brady under prop. I will point out that two or three games ago, he had four catches on the first drive. And so even if he's a little bit limited, he's a guy that Tom Brady looks for early just to get those completions going. So I, I still love that play. Alex, I've got a prop for you from our girl, Kelsey. And I know how much you love these obscure props. Kelsey says, and she's taking a direct shot. She says, Brady's rush is one and a half yards, minus 114. The books have been too scared to post. 
his rushing last few weeks. So I'm jumping on it. How would you respond to our girl, Kelsey? I love Kelsey for the record. I, I would caution Kelsey, however, with these props. I mean, this is such a fragile number that there is a scenario and probably one of the the, mo- the more uh, common range of outcomes here is that say he has a three, four yard rush and the and uh, Tampa Bay ends up winning the game and then he's kneeling for the final drive and he ends up losing three or four yards on those kneels so when the number is this low to me it's just highly highly fragile i'm personally staying away from it i think it's subject to a lot of volatility and that is a devastating way to lose a prop as well so he does have a four yard rush and then you get to the fourth quarter and they're running out the clock and then three qb kneels and suddenly he's at (laughs) one yard so yeah but you know what alice you know what tom did to make us all think that this would be a good bet three or four games ago. Remember we had that long run in, in between and then he slid. And then you all saw, he posted a nice little edited video saying people talked like I can't run. And then they cut to that 12 yard run. That doesn't happen hardly ever. Right. That never happens. But Tom is a genius on social media. And I'm so glad he left new England. Cause we get to see the real Tom Brady and he's a savage, an absolute savage. All right. We've covered the Eagles bucks game. All that we can. Now, the 49ers and Cowboys, they're on CBS. And the network that we work for is going to dominate Wild Card Weekend. Check this out. History. Does it always repeat itself? Or do we create our own destiny? Two epic rivalries. One unforgettable Super Wild Card Weekend. History awaits. Saturday and Sunday on CBS. It worked! It worked! (laughs) And I'm still a seven-year-old little girl with my high voice. All right. Now, I mentioned 49ers and Cowboys, and this is a game, gentlemen, that has so much interest across the board. The Cowboys are favored by three. The 49ers came back from the brink a week ago, down 17 to the Rams on the road. Never say die. Total is sitting currently at 51. So see, I'm going to come to you first because you're targeting a big time star in this game that if the 49ers want to win in Dallas, they're going to need this dude to have a big game. Floor is yours. Well, coach, you pretty much made my argument for me because I think if you look at George Kittle's receptions over the in targets over the last few games, it's not a really good look, especially the one game against that he had Trey Lance. Only two targets caught one of them. The game before that, only three targets. He caught two of them. Now, last game, he caught five of seven targets. So things are starting to trend up. And I know Brandon Ayuk is getting used quite a bit. And I know, of course, Debo Samuel is just a Swiss Army knife. And, you know, that he's just going to get his looks regardless. But in a game like this, where the implied total for San Francisco is 24, but yeah, it's 24 and, and it's going to be a back and forth game, a very high scoring game that I think the 49ers can actually win. I think you have to lean on your star. The, the Dallas Cowboys are, you know, not that great against the pass. They're not that great against the tight end specifically or the receiver. So I think there's going to be opportunity for George Kittle to kind of reestablish himself. And, and by the way, when Jimmy Garoppolo came back, he did pepper him with seven targets. And the games before, like the last three games, I gave you the targets and the receptions. But the games before that, just let's just go receptions, 13 and nine, whereas receptions, the two games before that. This is the playoffs. Of course, they're going to lean on Debo. They're going to try to lean on Elijah Mitchell, maybe a little bit of Brandon Ayuk. But George Kittle is their star. And in this game, they're going to need him. Oh, oh by the way, the prop is over four and a half receptions, if I didn't already say it. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. It could have been over yeah. seven and a half. I would have played it after that <laughs> analysis. By the way, if you have a prop from this game that you would like us to talk about, go ahead and drop it into the chat right now and put the juice with it. Now, you mentioned tight ends, and that's one side of the tight end, but the Cowboys also have a tight end that has been very low-key productive this season. Dave, I'm coming to you. It's Dalton Schultz, and the dude has really started to take numbers away from other players in the Cowboys passing game, mainly CeeDee Lamb, and I think he's going to do it again in this game. I like the over 41 and a half receiving yards at minus 120. He's had at least 42 receiving yards in six of his past eight games, and coach that includes the garbage week 18 game against Philly where he played just 60% of the snaps. So if you take that game out because it's not a real game, we shouldn't count it. 
because there were so many backups playing and the Cowboys didn't play the stars. It's six of seven. That sounds even better. I should have just said that. He's got a 20.4% target per route rate versus zone coverage. And he averages nearly a full yard more per catch versus zone than man and has nearly a 20% higher catch rate versus zone than man. The 49ers play zone coverage up to this point in the year, 72% of the time. It's the sixth highest total in the NFL. I am certain that they're going to play a lot of zone coverage against the Cowboys, and that should open things up for Dalton Schultz. The 49ers have also allowed 42 or more yards to a tight end in three of their past five games. The two games, they didn't do it. One was against Tennessee. They've got tight ends. They don't use them that much. And Houston, they don't have any good tight ends. The tight ends who came through, Kyle Pitts, who might not really be a tight end, Tyler Higby, who's definitely a tight end, and CJ Uzama with the Bengals. He got there. And I think you could see Dalton Schultz get there too. This is the shovel bet of wildcard weekend for me, taking the big time over on Dalton Schultz. Man, I love both of those plays. Now, I know Alex doesn't have an official play in this game, but I know you were in the lab and I know you were looking at some names that potentially you could like by Sunday. Is there anybody you could talk about right now, Alex, that you're leaning towards? As much as I would like to do that, coach, I have a column coming out. Tomorrow morning, that column will consist only of Sunday props. So this game will be included in that. I will have at least one prop per game uh, from Sunday. It'll be a Sunday centric column comes out tomorrow morning uh, around 10 a.m. Eastern time. I will look at all these games very closely. There'll be a prop from at least every single one of them. So I want to save it for the column if that is okay. Damn. You're, of course it's okay. And my apologies for even asking. Just look for that article on Saturday morning. You guys know what it is. I love that. I absolutely love it. Okay. Now, remarkably, nobody in the chat has a question about any process in this game. Hey, it's your fault for not asking. All right. We got to move on. Now, Steelers and the Chiefs. As a show, we don't have any investments in this game yet. However... However, the number is 12 and a half. We're sitting on 46. So I want to get everybody's take on what they think the game script will be to help educate and entertain, even though we don't have an official play. Alex, let me come to you on how you think this game could go and maybe a name or two that we need to keep our eye on. Yeah, I don't believe there's any props out for this game yet. However, uh, yeah, I do anticipate Kansas City, 12 and a half point favorites, you know, handling the Steelers. I think the Steelers are very lucky to be in this position in the playoffs. That being said, they have nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. So there is something to be said for that. I am interested to see there is a small chance that Juju Smith-Schuster may be active in this game. He is healthy enough to play. It's going to come down to whether he has the conditioning uh, to suit up in this game. That would be a big boost for Pittsburgh if he's able to come and help because uh, obviously they're going to have to very likely to be trailing from behind in this game. Also interested to see how Kansas City's backfield will look if we're seeing Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Daryl the mentor Williams in that game. Dave's guy. Thank you very much. Daryl Williams, by the way, that button looks great buttoned up, Dave. So yeah, I'm just waiting to see how everything shakes out uh, with all these various players who may or may not play. And once again, tomorrow's article will cover it in depth. Damn it. You're right. Dave, let's go to you. I, I think they want you to think that the Steelers won't be competitive in the game, and that's why the line is so big. Kansas City's only one of their 12 wins. Only five of them have been by 13-plus. Now, that includes the game against the Steelers a few weeks back, but I think Pittsburgh comes around a little bit. I think they hang around, and I think they finish closer. They're not going to win. I think your team will win, Coach, but I think it could be a 10-point win, maybe a 7-point mm-hmm. win, maybe even lower than that, and the Steelers really shock the Chiefs. There is a play that I do like. I was tempted to give it, but I'm not going to do it because of what Alex said about Juju Smith-Schuster. There's a chance that Juju plays. If we find out that Juju isn't going to play, run, don't walk to take Pat Fryermuth over three and a half catches at minus 125. He's caught four <laughs> balls in each of his past three, nine of his past 11. Kansas City's allowed four more catches to a tight end in two of their past three games. He will be that short area huggy bear that Ben Roethlisberger will lean on if there's no Juju. If there is Juju, I'm worried that Juju could take away too many targets and Fryermuth can really be minimized in the game. As for the Kansas City running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks very doubtful to play. I would not expect them. 
Looks like Daryl Williams will be fine. Hopefully he goes over his total yardage prop this week because he couldn't do it last week. Thank you very much, Daryl. But Kansas City, I think I think they end up winning the game, but I think Pittsburgh keeps it close this time. <laughs> Alex is over here doing this. <laughs> and I think somebody likes to say juju just a little bit too much here on the <laughs> show. Could, could Dave expand upon the, the huggy bear? Um, <laughs> What a security, a yeah. huggy bear. How is that a security what is that? blanket, Dave? Yeah. Well, I mean, some people huggy have bear. an actual blanket, and some people have, you know, a little cuddly teddy bear that they like to cuddle oh and hug. Oh, some people God. never That's really so outgrow. This is they so never outgrow their huggy bear, even We're when they're men. 45 We're- and a half years old. Oh my goodness. All right. I want you to bring your huggy bear on the show next week. Dave. I don't have a huggy bear. I meant to say security <laughs> blanket. And I said, huggy bear. <laughs> uh, all right. A bunch of props are coming in. See, and let me come to you. This is a dude who just seems to get open. And I love this number. Deontay Johnson over six and a half. It's juiced to minus one fifteen. Talk to me. Yeah, I don't mind it. They're going to have to lean on Deontay Johnson, probably Pat Fryermuth. I think I like the Fryermuth play a little bit more than the Deontay Johnson uh, receptions prop. Um, it, it's fine. I, I think it's. I would probably lean the over there, but I'll tell you what. So we only have the Steelers props out right now. In fact, mm-hmm. I saw Patrick Mahomes, uh, like one or two props, but those have gotten pulled off the board as well. One thing I want to point out, two guys I think you should be interested in when the props actually come out in this game, Derek Gore and McCole Hardman. And it's because of the injuries that are in front of them. We know about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but we also know Daryl Williams is a little banged up too. He's got a couple different injuries. He's going to play through them. He's going to be fine and he's going to play, but let's not forget what this point spread is and the fact that Derek Gore is going to be the immediate backup and we've seen him spring runs before Pittsburgh has the worst rushing defense of all the playoff teams so I don't know what Derek Gore's number is going to be but I'd really keep an eye on taking the over as soon as it comes out because it's probably going to be a little bit too low and then as far as McCole Hardman is concerned Tyreek Hill does have that heel injury he's definitely going to play but I seriously doubt it is fully healed in just six or seven days so with that in mind we know McCole Hardman takes some of that role from Tyreek Hill. He might not be the second best receiver. I think that's Byron Pringle, but it doesn't take away from the fact that Hardman does play a little bit of that Tyreek Hill role, mostly because of his speed. So those two guys, please keep an eye on them. Maybe to, uh, on tomorrow's, uh, whatever show is happening, you guys, those props will be out. And I think you need to spring on those right away. Now that's a great point. We'll go ahead. Let's make a note of that to, to bring up the Steelers chiefs props in one of the other games uh, tomorrow to get a head start. That's a great idea. See ya. Uh, by the way, uh, I talked to our esteemed executive producer, the jeweler and Alex, I'm going to come to you because we're going to bring up on the screen every Pat Fryermuth prop right now and i want you to address them for the good people at home please if i know i know i know you got to lean in because both of our eyes are horrible uh jeweler can you read out those numbers for alex please because i'm yeah. having a hard time let's see we've got his total receiving yards that would be 31 and a half uh okay. minus 115 on both sides of that receptions okay. three and a half minus 125 to the over minus okay. 105 to the under and then longest reception, 14 and a half, minus 110 to the over, minus 120 to the under. So, so I, I think Dave hit the nail on the head regarding Juju Smith-Schuster's status in this game. If he is inactive, and I absolutely uh, love particularly the receptions prop, like Dave said, over three and a half receptions, I think is a great spot. If Juju is in fact inactive, Kansas city is also pretty generous to opposing tight ends. Uh, The yardage seems to be fairly efficient. I would have a lean over on that. Uh, However, his a dot, his average depth of target is very close to the line of scrimmage. So oftentimes you'll see him with, you know, stat lines of five catches for 29 yards, not very efficient, but the volume is there, which is why I prefer receptions. Um, As far as the longest reception is concerned, I think that number is fairly efficient at 14 and a half yards. I would probably stay away from that. I'd rank him uh, over three and a half receptions as my favorite over uh, 31 and a half yards as my second favorite. And I'd stay away from the longest reception with Pat, just because um, how close um, a lot of those targets are to the line of scrimmage. 
All right, to back you up, our main man, M Squared, is in the chat, guys, as we speak. If you have a question for him, go ahead and shoot it. He says, be careful with Firemouth, though, guys, projecting Juju to play, which we have also talked about and see you hit on as well. So just be kind of careful. And as Alex said, a lot of his props, he's only recommending a half a unit this week because they're a little bit more difficult than in the regular season. A lot lot tighter, a lot tighter. Uh, All right, I think that's a great place to stop there. Uh, okay. So the next game is the final game and it's a Monday game and maybe I'm making more out of it guys than I should, but I feel like this is a big disadvantage for both teams. Whoever wins one less day, but Hey, if they're not bitching about it, neither should I. So this is the Cardinals. This is the Rams Monday night. The number is four for the Rams total 49 and a half from our mega preview. The Cardinals are a great teasing opportunity tease them up to 10 i can't imagine any world where the cardinals lose by 10 on the road but dave let me come to you because as we've talked about extensively throughout this show it's all about stars when you get to the playoffs and the rams need their biggest star to step up who is that it's one of two plays that I like from this game. I'll get to both very quickly. This is an obvious one. Cooper Cup is the big star in LA. He's been a monster this year. His over-under for yardage is 105 and a half. It's still not high enough, coach. He's given you at least 109 receiving yards in five of his last six games. That includes a 13 catch, 123-yard performance against Arizona just back week 14 cup also has a 31.7% target share on the season. I know that, you know, that Cooper cup has had a lot of targets, but even just hearing that somebody has got a target share North of 30%. It's a mind blower. It's amazing, <laughs> but that's not even the biggest number of all in that game against Arizona in week 14, his target share was 50%. I've never seen anything like it. Every other target literally went to Cooper cup. I don't think that's going to happen exactly in this game, but I still think he's going to get at least a third of the targets from Matthew Stafford. It should put him in triple digits. That That's an easy one. The other one that I like a lot is Kyler Murray to throw an interception at even money. I just think that the Cardinals are going to have to end up throwing. We know that James Conner doesn't look so good for this game. And if he doesn't play, that means it's Chase Edmonds in the backfield. And if they fall behind, Edmonds is better to play. He's more conducive to the passing game anyway. The Rams have seven interceptions in their last five games. Their pass defense is really starting to click. Part of that has to do with Von Miller starting to generate more pass rush pressure against opposing quarterbacks. The Rams also have 19 interceptions on the season. They average 1.1 interceptions per game. Both are tied for third most in football. Seven of the last 10 interceptions this year have come when they've played zone defense. This is what I expect, or I'm sorry, Kyler's interceptions, seven of 10, have come against zone defense. The Rams play the second most zone defense of anybody in football. I think you're going to see them continue to do that in week four. They didn't do that against Arizona. Arizona won. They learned their lesson. They played a ton of zone coverage in week 14. They're going to do it again. Kyler will turn the ball over at least once through the air. I love both of those plays. By the way, Dave, I, A, I didn't know you had an agent, and I didn't know that he was active in the chat either. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't know his name was Dean Too Fat because he says Dave's energy when explaining his plays is awesome. Emoji with the sunglasses. Oh, it's so nice, Dave. See, now I've got to pay him double what I normally pay him (laughs) because he's coming to pump me up in the chat. Thank you, Agent Dean. See, as an agent myself, and I never take 10% ever. If anybody out there needs an agent, I've got room for one more. Uh, Alex, you need an agent? Yeah, you're damn right. I got two people at ESPN right now and just signed another third one today. We're rocking. This is what we do here at the Early Edge. Now, I've got other plays in the chat I got to get to. This isn't about me. This is about you guys. Now, I just lost it. Where is it? All right. See, let me come to you because Dave loves the Kyler interception, but the quarterback on the other side of the fence, he has been an interception machine. And I'm not talking about Jay Smooth. Talking about Matthew Stafford, minus 122 over half an interception. Talk to me. First of all, can I join your agency team? Because I am an attorney. I could at least read over the paperwork for you and just get that off your plate completely. Yes. Join up. We'll, 
Yeah, help. I'm I'm not kidding. I'm dead. I'm dead serious. Yes, we can talk about it. I actually need somebody to do that. But anyway, yes, we'll talk about that. But talk about Stafford now. Yeah, I was just joking, but I'm not anymore. Oh, okay, I'm not so, joking. I'm not yeah. joking. Okay, so good. Great. Uh so <laughs> listen, St- yeah, Stafford's been pretty bad. He takes a lot of super risky throws. Those that were actually going through windows, you know, four or five weeks ago are not going through windows anymore because most of those throws were kind of ill-advised in the first place. So yeah, I, I'm I'm all aboard. I, I like the Kyler Murray one as well, and, and I like the Matt Stafford one for sure. Okay. All right. We got some unhappy people. Enough agency talk. Early edge is an agency talk. Now, let's come over to Alex. Is Alex in this game? When you look at Cooper Cup, yes, he has a huge target share, but is there somebody else? Even though you don't have a, an official play, and I know your article comes out, but this is a Monday play, not a Sunday play. Is there something, because I know we're still three days away, and a lot of the props aren't out yet, that you would like in this game. Yeah, there's barely anything out from this game. Unfortunately, I would love to give you guys a lean, but just there's no nothing out there for you. To, yeah, there's nothing out there. Okay, very good. We'll leave it right there. By the I, way, I, Jeff, sorry, coach. I, I, I am interested and I don't know the numbers, so this is completely speculative, but I am going to be keeping a close eye on Kyler Murray's rushing prop especially if james connor doesn't suit up uh the guys mentioned chase edmonds he's more of a receiving running back i do think that arizona is going to have to generate some yards through on the ground we've seen kyler murray kind of lean on his legs more and more recently especially without nick hopkins in the lineup all the kind of injuries um on arizona side of the ball i do feel that kyler's legs are going to have to be relied on in order for them to generate some rushing offense so i am interested to see what that line is but it's not out so yeah it's hard to speculate and people should not be discouraged if they get to like the middle of the second quarter a lot of his yards come in the two-minute offense and then at the end of the game in the two-minute offense he loves that dave what do you think the number is alex because they've got a number at caesars do they uh well what would you be comfortable taking it at 32 uh i was gonna get other than the three Everything's inflated uh, to the over because of how much attention these games get and the amount of scrutiny. If you notice, I'm on a lot of unders this week. There's a reason why. But uh, I would speculate between 35 and 37. 37 and a half is the over under. Boom. The one thing I would add to it is that I, I mentioned how much the Rams play zone defense and how they learn from their first game against Arizona to play more. When defenses play zone, that means their defensive backs, everybody on their defense faces forward. Their eyes are on the quarterback. Their backs aren't turned to them. When the backs are turned, that's when the quarterback can take off and run. So I wonder if this has a shot to go under. I get why people want to take the over on it. And I think it's a I think it's a pretty fair line to be completely honest. I think I, I could go either way, but the fact that they'll play a lot of zone tells me that it's going to be a little bit harder for Kyler to get the job done. I think that is a great place to stop. Except for Joe in the chat, he said, "See, it looks like your accountant, whose favorite phrase is quote Yeah, you can deduct that.'" End quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love all of you in the chat. You make this show exactly what is supposed to be fun, educational, and we all just have a good damn time. All right. With that being said, we're up against it. Grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap. And it looks glorious. Courtesy of the jeweler prop stars. He's on four plays so far. Don't forget Article comes out on Saturday. He'll be on every single live stream for all six games. Jamar Chase, under. Josh Jacobs, under. Kendrick Bourne, under. But Josh Allen, let's go over, baby. Then Dave, Josh Jacobs, under. Tom Brady, under. Dalton Schultz, over. Kyler Murray, over half an interception. I can just see him falling back, getting that arm hit, and the ball just twittering into a Rams defensive back. Number five, Jalen Ramsey. Cooper Cup, over 100. Five and a half. It just doesn't seem like enough for him. He always gets open. And then see a two official plays so far. Joe Burrow over his passing prop. And then George Kittle for the 49ers against the Cowboys. Let's go over four and a half catches minus 115. A very, very quick reminder on this YouTube channel. Take the time. Watch our wild card mega preview. We break down every single game from every angle. And also our UFC MMA only episode in your feed right now because the UFC back at it tomorrow and they'll be there every single week for the rest of most of this year so we're ready for it all right gentlemen you know i like to end every single show with you telling me what 
you are most looking forward to. 15 to 20 seconds only. Alex, start it off. I am looking forward to all of these games and doing an hour preview before each and every one of those games with my man, Coach, uh, previewing all the props, all the really interesting tidbits. I will be in the lab nonstop this weekend. Dave? Uh, other than looking forward to seeing how Sia and Coach negotiate their agreement on <laughs> Coach's agency, I want to see Bill Belichick against Josh Allen one more time. The first time wasn't really a, a normal matchup. And the second time, Josh Allen crushed him. What's going to happen this next time? I'm really curious to see. I think that's the most fascinating game of the weekend because of how the first game in Buffalo went. It's just such a fascinating because I, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I, I agree with you. And I like that it's a Saturday night game in Buffalo. Yes. Zero, zero degrees. It's the way it's supposed to be. All right. See ya. Bring us home. I totally agree about that. That Bills uh, Pats game. I, I think, what, first of all, thank you for, I, for the fact that I was on this show and I got to see Dave with his button up. Like, I don't need to look forward to anything else. Like, that's my weekend right there. But, I, you know, I think I'm looking forward to some of these teams like Dallas, who played in the NFC East and San Francisco, who played in the NFC West. You know, the competition was so different among those teams. I'm really looking for one of these kind of lower tiered playoff teams to spring maybe towards the Super Bowl. And, I, and my, all my, my eyes are on San Francisco right now. That game is really, really interesting to me. Let's remember that last year's world champion, Super Bowl champion, was a wild card team. Everybody thinks the Bucs won their division. They did not. They had to go on the road, and they got the job done. So it very possibly could happen. And the way I think, see, uh, the 49ers won against the Rams is going to do a whole lot for their confidence going into Dallas. Mm -hmm. And if Dallas gets down early, we have seen this year, they are not built to come back. They just make more mistakes and more mistakes. I'm on the 49ers. I'm putting them in a teaser, and I like them plus the three, to be honest with you. I like them both ways. All right. Damn it. I love doing this so much. I really, really do. What an incredible hour. Thank you to all of you at home for taking the time out of your Friday afternoons to spend it with us. Uh, again, I'll remind you for the thousandth time, don't forget to turn on your notifications. We're going to be here all weekend long. Don't forget, we'll still have our morning show, too. We'll have college basketball and soccer and all that good stuff. But we've got you covered, locked and loaded for everything. NFL wildcard weekend. So that being said, we only have one thing left to do. And you all know what that is. Oh, I love doing this so much. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. See ya. Uncle Dave prop stars. And of course, behind the scenes, our executive producer puts it all together here at the brand, the jeweler. I'm the coach. Tell all your friends. There's only one spot. You need to come to cover you from top to bottom. When it comes to sports betting, we like to call it, the early edge. Good luck.